This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. On this Thanksgiving weekend, we welcome everyone into the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Uh, J. Doc, happy Thanksgiving to you and happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners and those consuming our content and our weekly show, the Labor and Energy Show, uh, on YouTube uh, and on the website. J. Doc, I want to get right to you. I want to do a short open because I know today's topic um, is going to require a lot of explanation so the listening audience and the viewing audience can understand it, including me. Uh, but first, let me give you opening remarks to set the table. Uh, 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 duplicating your uh, sentiments, Joe, I want to wish everybody, including yourself and your family, all of our listeners and labor leaders and energy leaders across the country, across the state, and our board members, um, a happy Thanksgiving, a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's a great time of year, and, and, and we're thankful for what we have. Uh, however, it's a very important uh, time of year to understand that we have to work hard to keep what we what we have and and so the topics that we're going to talk about on today's show well it's it's typically about it's going to be about setbacks okay and people might think that's a football term or a term they've never heard um it's actually a term that uh is is a, a part of a piece of legislation that's that's on the table um that is going to impact our uh, gas industry in, in in the uh state of Pennsylvania uh but also our our uh, our general public Okay, in a in a in a very serious way, and so that is the focus of today's uh, broadcast. But also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Reggie. Our guests are Rob Bear, president of the uh, Pennsylvania uh, uh, Building Trades Council, and John Bain, director of the Government Affairs for EQT Corporation. Uh, so we're going to open up and talk a little bit about Reggie, the uh, Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, uh, Governor Shapiro. Uh, made his decision that, uh, you know, he, he appealed the decision uh, that the, the PA Supreme Court made on, on Reggie. Uh, and so he had 30 days to do that. He decided to do it. 
And so we're going to talk to Rob and we're going to talk to uh, John uh, about that decision before we get into the conversation about setbacks. But today is a, a serious show, Joe, and all the issues on the show today are not only going to uh, impact our, our energy uh, situation here in the state of Pennsylvania, but all of our citizens as well. They need to get educated on this. Uh, as well as our workforce. So lots to talk about. We will continue to try and educate our listening audience and our viewing on audience. As Jay Doc mentioned, two very important uh, topics that we're going to discuss in detail here on the Labor and Energy Show. Quick reminder, as we go to the break before we get started, you certainly can download uh, this edition of the Labor and Energy Show by going to Apple or Spotify, search Labor and Energy, and you can re-listen to the broadcast um, and I'll sit and listen with you today as we look for an update uh, from, as J-Doc mentioned, Reggie. Uh, and then we'll start to understand, understand that term, setbacks. The Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. We'll get started back in a moment. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden rent costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. I want to welcome everybody back uh, to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Dr. Krause. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. I want to bring into our, our broadcast and also wish happy uh, Thanksgiving uh, to Rob Baer, President of uh, Pennsylvania Building Trades Council. How are you, uh, Rob? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks, Joe, Doc. John Bain, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, my friend. Director of Government Affairs, EQ Corp EQT Corporation. Thank you. Same to you guys. Appreciate you having us on today. Absolutely. And, and we have yeah. so much to uh, This was going to be 100% about setbacks and and. Uh, it still is going to be the majority of our show. We're going to talk about setbacks and what's going on with this very important uh, topic and, and legislation. But I want to start off. The governor made a decision to appeal the Reggie decision yesterday. Um, and in a sense, you know, we all had our hopes up, of course. And he made it clear that this was not a guarantee that we, you know, we were going to end up uh, as, as part of the Reggie coalition 
Okay. Uh, but he did appeal. So, Rob Bear, if you will, um, you want to elaborate on that a little? Well, uh, obviously, the billing trades are disappointed. Uh, the governor chose to appeal it, uh, which is within his purview. Um, it's going to have wide-ranging impacts, regardless of how the Supreme Court does rule in this. Uh, of course, we're optimistic the Supreme Court will uphold the Commonwealth Court decision. Um, but in the meantime, we're still trying to figure out if we can get some type of consensus, as I have been saying to you for the last year, an energy policy strictly for Pennsylvania and all the above energy policy that incorporates our coal, our natural gas, our nuclear, our wind, our hydro, our solar. You know, we'd like to expand the small modular reactors, uh, coal gasification. So while I'm very disappointed this morning, I still can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Granted, it's a long tunnel, and this is a, a big topic, and it's a, a major impact on Pennsylvania. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, as you know, I'm fighting for my 130,000 union members and their jobs, and we do a ton of work in the energy industry. You know, and our partners in natural gas, uh, they have a huge stake in this as well. So while we've got a little bit of a setback, I also have a Commonwealth Court decision 4-1 in our favor. And I'm optimistic the Supreme Court, if they expedite this and hear the case, are going to find that the Commonwealth Court was correct. John Bean, you want to jump in there? Yeah, sure. To echo what uh... Rob said, I mean, what, what we really need in Pennsylvania isn't all the above approach um, energy policy. I think we all benefit from that. I, I think it's clear that we need natural gas. Uh, we need baseload power that's reliable. But at the same time, I mean, look, we're the largest producer of natural gas in the country at EQT. And we do not have any issues with uh, alternative energy. We just need a, a, an energy policy that works. And when it comes to emissions, Reggie very well may be a good program um, in theory, but it doesn't work in Pennsylvania, nor does it make sense. I mean, we reduced our emissions for the entire country. We brought emissions down over 60% um, since the uh, Marcel Shale and Utica Shale gas revolution started 20 years ago. So it just it doesn't make sense for Reggie or to be Pennsylvania to be included in Reggie. And, you know, also... It's just going to drive more jobs to Ohio, West Virginia, and and other states. So we're basically shooting ourselves in the foot, making it hard to do business in Pennsylvania. And at the same time, you know, we're losing jobs. As Rob said, 130,000 members. Uh, the impact could be huge. So we, we just need to focus on everyone working together on a strong energy policy. And I think we can do that. But it's just a matter of including the right people in the conversation. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, let, let's keep in mind, we have a president of the United States that wants liquefied natural gas. We have an energy policy coming out of Washington that is basically saying, let's take our natural resources in Pennsylvania. Let's build our LNG facility. Let's give our natural gas to Europe. 
Let's convert the dirty coal burners in Europe to natural gas and lower greenhouse gas emissions all over Eastern Europe, while at the same time reaping the benefits for the citizens of this Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start talking, Reggie, and you start curtailing our natural gas industry, that doesn't just affect my guys and their livelihoods. This affects every resident of this Commonwealth. All right. John is correct. They are the largest producers of natural gas. We have to have access to portable, safe natural gas. And when you combine Reggie with what we're going to talk about with the setbacks, it's like this headwind of outpouring of against natural gas. And it, it, to me, it makes no sense. Okay. We can't live in a utopian society, and we all have to realize that without natural gas being a major part of our portfolio, we're not going to be able to uphold our standard of living, okay? I like having lights. I like having heat. I like having air conditioning. I like having affordable power. Nobody wants to pay 18, 19 cents a kilowatt. And right now, if you're only talking about renewables, and you take away APS and all the tax credits they're offering, we'd be more than 18 cents a kilowatt. Mm -hmm. And now you're talking about a whole other set of problems caused by Reggie when you're talking about the underserved and the poor in Pennsylvania because they're really not going to be able to afford to heat their homes and keep their children warm. So let's take this step back. Let's stop this craziness. And let's take a long, hard look at how we utilize our natural resources safely, properly, and to the benefit of the residents of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Absolutely. And let me just say one thing. Uh, you know, when you, you know, I remember the first time we talked about this as, as we segue into the next conversation. You're, I, I still haven't heard a better solution. Pennsylvania should have its own energy. Why would I? Why would we anchor ourselves to a coalition with, with with other states that have not even close to the resources that we have? It's ridiculous. Not to mention, um, the, the you know in the United States, uh, lowering of the emissions was largely due to natural gas. So it, it's we're going to find out as, as we segue into this conversation. Okay, uh, you, you, you know there's have you know old habits don't break, and so let's let's. Segue, we're going to keep obviously on top of, of the Reggie situation. That's for damn sure, because um, it's at the forefront. And and uh, let's segue a little bit laterally to the to the situation with setbacks. Okay, um, what are setbacks? Okay, uh, I I'd like to kind of introduce you know uh, to our listeners. Today's show is all is going to be uh, about setbacks and setback legislation that would literally that could cripple our natural gas industry, okay, NPA, while at the same time negatively impacting our jobs and, of course, uh, Pennsylvanians immeasurably in the process. So it's a big deal, okay? Um, John Bain, if you would, tell our listeners what setbacks are. In a nutshell, in layman's terms, setback is the difference between um, the distance from where we can drill a well from a, um, a structure. Right now it's at 500 feet uh, and they want, in this House Bill 170, they would like to increase it to 2,500 feet. 
and then 5,000 feet from a uh, sensitive area, which would be a school or a hospital. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize 5,000 feet, that's a mile. 2,500 feet is a half a mile. And when you look at the development that, that we have and going forward, this would essentially sterilize the natural gas industry. It's a backdoor ban on drilling for natural gas. Uh, I have just some numbers here. If you want me to run through, sure. I'll just I'll just go with number one. Current this I'll, I'll go with the current uh, ban due to based on the the current setbacks that we have or the development that was was stopped due to that increase. Allegheny County seventy five percent, Lycoming twenty one percent, Susquehanna thirty, Tioga twenty six, Washington forty three percent of land banned under the legislative proposals. 99%, 65, 96, 81, 97. And that's a staggering number. And uh, it, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. So having said that, and, and to kind of in layman's terms, um, that's the percentage of the land that is unable to be drilled for nat with natural gas wells. So, it, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, like you said, already right now with the current legislation, okay, um, 75%, like you said, John, it goes, you know, you're talking about the majority of land. The new, the new proposal and legislative uh, legislation, where you're looking at, at, at 99, 99, 99%. So right. in essence, you, you wouldn't be able to, 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 to drill natural gas wells in almost the majority of the counties where it's possible to do so. Yep. Okay. And that is now there's already, if I'm not incorrect, there's already pretty stringent regulations. I mean, isn't Pennsylvania our 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 uh you know regulations the most the strictest in the country, you know, for not the the, the states that are actually banning it. Like you said, John, this is a backdoor ban on on natural gas and you know in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Somebody clever came up with this idea, and I'm sure they came from one of from one of the states that are already doing it that, that got it by. Um, talk about that. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're exactly right. It would be a, a backdoor ban, as I mentioned. Uh, of the top five natural gas producing states, we are the we have the strictest uh, setback regulations, um, and and you know it's not just setbacks. There's a series of permits that we have to get before drilling, I'll, let me pull up that list so I, I don't miss one. But again, this is something that I don't think people understand the permitting process in Pennsylvania and how uh, how strict that is. All right, well, I don't have the list in front of me, but we need uh, five to six permits, at least on the state level, and then we have to follow federal regulations. And it, it's hard enough to do business with the permitting process the way it is, and I don't mean what we have to do as far as a permit is concerned. We have no problem with the regulations, but it's timing. We can't we can't plan our business because we can't get a permit in time. It shouldn't take two years to get a permit to begin the process of drilling a well. Absolutely. And 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 just for our listeners, what is the true and regulatory purpose of a setback? This I mean the setback would be to I think minimize impact to uh, to residents. In, in areas of uh, right now, the sentiment around it is the uh, I should say the other side. They're they're saying it's a 
emissions, health issues, uh, basically, you know, anything that that they can uh, can use as a talking point. And there have been studies out there, as you know, but much like uh, Chairman Vitali's meeting on this legislation, the industry was never pulled into the conversation. Right. And we we can't have an honest conversation about our industry unless people experts are involved. And I mean people that don't care about politics. They don't care about D or D or R. They just want to do their jobs, but they're smart people. They're engineers, they're scientists, and they're people that they would come in to a conversation with that point of view, not, not a political point of view. Rob, if you'll follow up. Oh, look, John's absolutely right. And the other thing that was shocking about the proposed legislation was not only did this affect new wells, this affected all our unconventional well pads we already have. So let's say I have a well, a current well, my vertical, and I have 10 laterals, and it's 500 feet back. But I know from my geological studies that when we need more gas, I could drill another 10 wells off that pad. Under this legislation, that well pad's closed. We can't drill any more wells because we can't meet these crazy 2,500 foot setbacks, okay? And then the other thing to keep in mind was the legislation didn't even address just a vertical setback from the vertical well. So all of a sudden you have people that say, I want 2,500 feet from the end of a lateral. Mm -hmm. Well, you have just made Pennsylvania 100% offline completely, okay? It, to me, as John said, we have a lot of people thinking they understand, and they don't. People still don't want to follow the science. And if we're going to have natural resources in Pennsylvania, we're remiss if we're not using them for the benefit of all of Pennsylvania. And sitting in Chairman Vitale's hearing, I heard from people that had gas wells on their ground. And guess what? They were very glad they had them. They were very glad they had them. What is okay? the status? What, what, what's the status of the legislation right now? And, and by the way, who was the sponsor of the bill? Uh, I believe Greg Vitale was a sponsor of the bill. Okay. And it had its committee hearings. I don't even know that they took an official vote in a here in the committee yet. They did not. Uh, and Quite frankly, I'm I'm hopeful that after the hearing, that's kind of it for now, all right? Because in 2012, and I'm going to date myself because that's how long I've been here in Harrisburg. In 2012 was when we enacted the toughest regulations in the country. Now, any of us that's been here from the start knows that anytime you have a new industry, do you have a few issues? Yes. We did. We admit it. And when we enacted those in 2012, the drillers were supportive of those regulations. They came and said, look, we're going to clean it up. We're going to do it properly. We're going to do it safely. Now, we've lived with this for 11 years now. And I would be really interesting for somebody to give me a hard and fast fact sheet of all the impacts they think have happened since we enacted those regulations. And I think we could refute them all. 
So with us already operating under these stringent regulations, to add another layer on to shut down natural gas, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, when you look at the science and you really, truly look at the science, there's always, I always like to say, some short-term pain for long-term gain. You cannot dispute that natural gas has been the largest driver of us cleaning up greenhouse gas emissions. That's a fact. Without natural gas, we would be a whole lot worse. We are still going to need a lot of natural gas in the next 10 years to try and meet the goals of getting carbon neutral by 2050. And, and, if we don't have gas and we pass these setbacks, it's not going to happen. And let's also remember, when you do a backdoor ban on our drilling industry, you're cutting off our power generation at the knees, and you got some serious issues propping up the PGM grid when I don't have natural gas running my power plants. Yep. And when winter comes, what are we going to do? Are we going to just at that point say freeze? No, we're not. So for the listeners, we need you to call in to our legislators and say, stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. Let's look at this in a common sense approach. Absolutely. John, we got about a minute to the break. Want to add to that? Yeah, I'm going to just, uh, Rob said he's going back to 2012. I'll date myself a little bit. I think I'm going back to 2006 or somewhere in that uh, uh, time frame. But I'll compare what was done through regulation to Governor Rendell and the mine safety uh, law. It was a long time ago, but he brought everybody into the room and he said, figure it out. And I'm sure, Rob, you were probably involved in that as well. <laughs> I was. And I, I can't quote some of the things he said, but he was uh, very adamant about getting that, that accomplished. So I'm just going to use that as an example. Of like, listen, we can work together. We can work together. It's, uh, it's just a matter of getting in a room. And having said that, like Rob said, it, 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 obviously it was a, a little bit of a rough start, okay? I mean, that's, but talk about the improvements and the safety record. And obviously our, record, our record for efficiency since we have taken those steps. I mean, you, you know, you're looking at, let's do this. We're going to take a, a quick break. We'll address that. We'll get into some more issues. We're going to have more from the Labor to Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause in just a minute. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The 
Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EAScarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union Community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Dr. Krause. Uh, we've had a, a, a very important broadcast today. We're talking setbacks. We have Rob Bear, President, Pennsylvania Building Trades Council, and John Bain, Director of Government Affairs, EQT Corporation. Uh, and we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the legislation, House Bill 170, um, that could, in effect, shut down our, our, our natural gas industry in Pennsylvania and in, and in the process, not just our jobs, but also impact uh, our citizens uh, in a brutal way. And so having said that, um, just want to touch on um, the improvements we've made since we obviously, uh, since drilling commenced years ago. And of course, no, you know, nobody skated any of those situations, but there was a major commitment to uh, obviously improve safety and uh, efficiency. Talk about that, John. Yeah, I mean, 100%, you're spot on. The industry has changed dramatically since the first well was drilled. Uh, and, you know, not only has there, have the regulations changed, as Rob mentioned, uh, under Act 13, but the way we do business has changed and the technology has changed. I mean, right now we are doing uh, electric fracks. We're taking millions of gallons of diesel fuel out of our operations. We're recycling 99% of our water. Uh, and, you know, these are efficiencies that help the environment, but they help us to uh, do a better job of minimizing the, the impact. And we're drilling much, much longer laterals we're drilling several mile laterals uh which again reduces the impact on the environment so when we talk about you know sometimes being in the twilight zone okay because you know it it, it never ceases to amaze me the, the lack of reality and facts that that, that accompany some of these legislative attempts okay um so i was looking at uh in, you know some of the facts and and, and some of the MS, MSC testimony, um, you know, in front of the ERE uh, committee. And very interesting. So House Bill 170, and, and, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, John, was based on a 2020 grand jury report, which exhibited a jarring lack of understanding regarding how natural gas development is conducted, as well as the strict regulatory requirements already in place. Okay. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah, so the grand jury report, I believe there were eight recommendations that came out of that. Uh, as an industry, and I know specifically as EQT, we looked at those recommendations. And look, we can live with the majority of them. The biggest issue we have is this setback issue because for years we've adapted, we've you know, accepted new regulations, figured out how to do business under them but we never faced a regulation that would put us out of business. So I don't know how, I mean, I'm always up to coming to making a deal, coming to an agreement with people. 
But I don't know how you agree to something that's going to put you out of business. I mean, I'll, I might as well just put my resume together and call it a day. Well, let, let me let me jump in there because Brendan Williams of PBF talked about on our on our uh, recent energy education uh, and awareness uh, board meeting talked about how they tried this and they, they the same things in California and to disastrous effects to the citizens of California when you when when when. You look at House Bill 170, and let's look at that grand jury report one more time. If I'm not incorrect, okay, um, the the grand jury report and its recommendations were were so egregious that Governor Wolf's Department of Energy or Environmental Protection publicly stated that that the, the report did a disservice to the citizens of the Commonwealth and many of the aspects of the report were factually and legally inaccurate. And yet here we are, okay, with House Bill 170, okay, that was based on that grand jury report. I mean, Rob, you know, to, 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 to John's points, you know, it, it, you know, here we are, House Bill 170, and, and, and we're testifying, you know, in Harrisburg on it. What is going on? So... I, I kind of look at it as there's always the not in my backyard. There's always the anti everything movement. And there's always the people that think that we can fix all the problems of society by just eliminating everything that in their mind is harmful. And as John said, you got to look at the science. You got to look at where we are as a society. House Bill 170 is a feel-good bill for a few people that think natural gas is evil, and they want to shut it down. That's what they want to do. But let's really talk about how much natural gas we use in our everyday lives. Outside of generating electricity, outside of running our industry, outside of heating our homes, cooking our food, we run public transportation on compressed natural gas, okay? We make clothing with natural gas. We use it for food production. Now, if you're gonna just say, I'm gonna ban this, then before you bring something like this in front of me, you better have a fallback position that you can back up to show me how we're gonna mitigate the disastrous results of a piece of legislation like this. Exactly. By the way, this is a common theme. Okay. Yes. On almost every one of our shows with you know, we talk about electric vehicle mandates. And and and, and Rob, we talked about this um you know, on the last on the last uh, you know at the last meeting. Nobody talks about we're going to get into the consequences, but nobody talks about the entire supply chain being owned by China. Okay. Nobody talk and, and like in essence what we're doing. When you talk about, um, you know, shutting down our, our natural gas industry, renewables, you, you talk about the, you know, the, you, nobody's who's proposing this is talking about the grid. Okay. Nobody's also talking about the fact that renewables and nobody's arguing it in, in, you know, in, in our worlds that renewables are coming into the markets, but we couldn't possibly, we don't have the renewable infrastructure to shut the, to, to shut the, uh, push the button and, and switch over. So these these uh, policies, okay, it is Twilight Zone-esque, okay? Nobody taught, it's, 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 
it's as ridiculous as anything I've ever heard and completely unnecessary. Uh, John, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. And this compounds. Okay, J-Doc, this compounds. Let's talk about the people in Pennsylvania that would love to have access to natural gas that don't. And let's talk about all the regulations that we have hammered our petroleum industry with and where the cost of a gallon of heating oil is to heat your home in the winter. Now, where I live, I don't have access to John's natural gas. Do I want natural gas? Oh, hell yes, I want natural gas for my house. I don't like paying $3.99 a gallon for home heating oil. And you know why we're paying $3.99 a gallon for home heating oil? Because of all the crazy legislation that we have put in place to ruin the refining and the petroleum industry in the United States of America. Now we're going to do the same damn thing, pardon my French, to the natural gas industry. Now, there comes a point where the people of Pennsylvania have to call their legislators and say, enough's enough. All right. The Biden administration is going to invest billions of dollars in broadband rollout. I love giving everybody access to the Internet. Why aren't we doing the same thing with natural gas to their houses? Okay. We have a huge underserved population in Pennsylvania that could use natural gas. It would save them tons of money. But yet we want to shut down the natural gas industry. And, and you have and you have um, policymakers that are that are supporting this legislation. Um, and we're like talking about the being in the twilight zone. Here's a, just a basic question. We have to delve into this. All these points we're making here. OK, two questions. Number one, uh, do our policymakers who are getting, uh, you know, who are uh, support this legislation, putting it together, obviously, on behalf of an extreme uh, element, um, do they really understand? Because they couldn't. The answer is no, because if they did understand, they clearly you know, wouldn't be um, supporting such extreme, you know, unnecessary, uh, you know, negative impacting legislation. But also um, you, they did a they did a um, in Virginia, they had a pollster, a top pollster, go to, uh, and ask the, the citizens if they understood in Virginia that they were part of the California rule and, 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 and that they were that. that you know, EV mandates were coming in. Not the majority of people did not know. You know, everybody is for you know uh, electric vehicles, uh, whether they're for it or against it, they're indifferent. Um, but no one really understands what electric vehicle mandates are. Okay, when they were educated and they were explained to, the overwhelming majority said, you know, they were against that. You know, that uh, choice and that and that and that uh, issue. And so let's talk about how many how many citizens in our state, okay, residents, even know what a setback is, man. And and that's that's a big part of it. Go down the street, ask your neighbors, and if they understand what that is, they even heard of Reggie. They don't know. They don't know. If they did know, they'd be against it. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind when they're talking about people that are against setbacks, how many? actually live in a natural gas producing area. Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's, let's really talk about that. Okay. And have we surveyed those areas for people that are okay with the natural gas industry? Have we actually done a poll? No, we haven't. Take Susquehanna County and John will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Susquehanna County is our number one producing County yep. in Pennsylvania. Okay. Those setbacks would basically shut down 
Susquehanna County. Now, if you talk to the residents that are recouping all those impact fees for their municipalities and their fire companies and everything that that benefits, I would be, find it very hard to believe that they would be okay with shutting down natural gas. But yet we didn't hear from that side during a lot of hearings. Well, you can understand why they don't want to educate anybody because common sense. I mean, you, you could imagine why they want to, what did you say, John Bain, a backdoor ban of our natural yeah. gas industry? I mean, the royalties alone on it, when you're talking about uh, natural gas and, 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 and uh, um, well, the natural gas wells, 6.5 billion or 6.3 billion a year in Pennsylvania. Uh, John, you want to jump on that before we, we go into the con uh, lay out the consequences? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the benefit to the uh, people within our operating is is huge. Uh, the, the impact fee, the royalties, the jobs, obviously. Uh, and, you know, I don't think people know what a setback is. I don't think they understand. They know that they, they're going to put on their oven tomorrow and they're going to make a turkey with natural gas and they're happy about it. Also, if if this legislation was born somewhere in Washington County, Greene County, Susquehanna County, the legislators there would have sponsored it. But this, the sponsors, uh, Danielle Friel Otten from, I believe, the Southeast, where they're not even drilling for natural gas. But it, it, it's, it's just mind boggling. I'm going to I'm going to shorten my comments. I'm going to read a quote from Senator Yaw. Gene Yaw from Lycoming County, which has natural gas. It is often said that we cannot legislate against stupidity. That is true, but we can stop stupid legislation from becoming law. I well, think I, that sums it up. We've had Gene on the program further yep. demonstrating that in that when it comes to labor, uh, obviously we support those who support us and we cross the aisle. So in other words, you know, we, you know, this is, uh, it, it, Rob's talked about common sense. Well, anybody who's supporting this is not supporting common sense. And we certainly can't get behind it. Rob, you mentioned the amount of, you know, let's talk about the collateral damage and, and the consequences, okay? 123,000 jobs in this industry. Uh, you know, our energy security, okay? Uh, you know, obviously the tax base in our economy State revenues, we talked about the 6.5, 6.3 billion in 2022. Um, this does not sound like individuals that really understand what's going on and have our Commonwealth's best interest in regards to our citizens, okay, and, is, and, and our energy policy. Okay, so, go ahead. Without natural gas, keep in mind, we are the largest exporter of electricity energy to the PGM grid. And Pennsylvania is the number two energy producing state in the country, second only to Texas, and we are the number one exporter in the United States. Now, the PJM grid and all the states that belong rely on Pennsylvania power, heavily, heavily on Pennsylvania power. Imagine taking that production away. What is the fallback? If you do this, you're not going to be able to build even new natural gas plants fast enough in Ohio, West Virginia, to begin to make up the loss. And as John said, look, we're not against renewables. 
Hell, we'll build anything you want us to build. But at the end of the day, you have to have reliable baseload generation. You have to be able to export that power to the grid so that our other states in the PJM reap the benefits of what we produce with our natural gas and provide them cheap, reliable, secure generation. It comes down to a national security issue. It comes down to a safety issue in Pennsylvania. And it comes down to a, I like to say, a standard of living issue in Pennsylvania. The American public and the Pennsylvania residents expect, like John said, to turn their oven on tomorrow and make a turkey. They want to get up at 6 a.m. and hit that light switch and have the lights come on so they can see to put the turkey in the oven. They like being able to turn that thermostat and live in a comfortable home. And with what they're proposing by legislation such as this, you have the potential to take that away with no fallback position. Okay. And that to me is patently offensive to the residents of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. I'm a very pragmatic guy. And I've been doing this a long, long time. And we have lost that sense. I will tell you, I have worked with John's industry closely for years. I have worked hand in hand with Dave Callahan. We've testified many times together. We visited legislators together to educate them on these issues. And nobody has came to the table more than the natural gas industry in my lifetime. As somebody who has tilted windmills, I have never seen an industry more amendable to coming in and setting down than the natural gas industry. And we just continuously kick them in the teeth. And we can't do that. Well, we, They're our partners. We, we've talked about working together on, you know, as part of our platform is bringing people to the table, have a common sense solutions, educating people on the realities. But the tragic thing about this entire thing is the realities um, are not are, are only half the conversation and, and it's on our side. OK, because this is we're getting let, let's kind of talk about that, the testimony, Rob, you you uh, you made in front of the ERE uh, committee. Are we and John, you kind of alluded to it. Are we are they trying to shut us out of this conversation? Because we weren't invited, uh, you know, to, to a number of the hearings. Talk about that and, 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 and the purpose for that. Well, I think part of it is it's easy to hold a one-sided hearing. It's hard to have a hearing that actually brings the industry and labor into a room to state our side of the issues that we back up with facts with figures, with everything that has went on since 2012, you know, and people don't want to hear that. Okay. That's a big reason. Now we're, we can't force people to invite us, but we also have a voice like this saying, we're going to inform the Commonwealth of what's going on. We're not going to sit back and watch an industry that has propped Pennsylvania up, provided millions of man hours of work for my members, millions of man hours of work for my members. And by the way, those millions of man hours, all good family sustaining jobs with benefits and pensions. Okay. 
Those are the type of jobs that fix the problems of society. We're not going to sit back quietly and let this happen. Now, we did get invited to the hearing by the Republican co-chair. Okay. And I was glad he did. You know, I thanked Representative Causer for inviting me in and Dave. Uh, and I think you'll see that we've always been respectful. We've stated our positions. We've backed them up with our facts. And we've proven what we do together. We've proven that the partnership between labor and the gas industry is beneficial to all of Pennsylvania, period. That's an, that's an irrefutable fact. It is a benefit. And I'm proud to have Dave Callahan and the Marcella Shell and EQT and Cotera and people in this industry as our partners in labor. Okay, Because together, we're doing the good work for the Commonwealth. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, shout out to Dave Callahan who helped put this uh, broadcast together. And this is such a, uh, you know, a, an important issue and people have to, I think um, Brendan, Brendan uh, Williams said, um, it's important for us to get uh, energy literacy out there. So people understand, okay, what how these issues are going to, now, not only the general public, but obviously our policymakers, create I, I wonder how they're going to face people okay if they actually succeed okay John if this God forbid uh, legislation were to uh, go into effect okay do we w once we lose these wells and, and 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 a lot of these sites do they ever come back online you know unless the it would be a policy change going forward, but I don't think so. Uh, and as Rob said, you know, what we have to do in this country, and it's specifically in Pennsylvania, is export more natural gas overseas. We are the solution. It's an energy uh, security issue overseas. It's an emissions issue. People are weaponizing energy. And, you know, that's something that <laughs> is just common sense. But I want to go back very quickly, if I, if I can, to the committee hearing and mention one thing that I found to be very troubling from um, a testifier who supports the legislation. They offered to take committee members on, I believe they call them frack land tours, to go look at an unconventional drilling site. That is dangerous, it's wrong, and if the legislators want to do that, and we do it frequently, you can come really look at one instead of getting in the way of our operations and potentially uh, causing a major, major safety issue. Guys, we have one minute. Um, obviously, I want to thank you uh, for being on the broadcast. Uh, but also, again, Rob and, and John, best ways uh, and, and, and who should our, our, our listeners um, contact uh, to get more information on this issue and also to uh, oppose House Bill 170 um, and to make sure that we're secure, energy secure here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Rob Baer, John Bain. They, they need, everybody that listens to this needs to call their state legislature, whether they're a House rep or their senator, and say, look, this legislation is not good for Pennsylvania. It sacrifices our energy security. It has the potential to cause huge cost increases in power generation and actually the ultimate cost to the consumer. And we need to stop the craziness and we need to develop the energy policy for Pennsylvania 
that incorporates all the above strategy and continues to use natural gas as our major part of this right now, because that's what this state requires and that's what this Commonwealth needs. John Bain, closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with Rob. He, he summed it up uh, in an excellent fashion. It, it's a matter of contacting policymakers, delivering that message. And if you're looking for fact sheets, you can go to uh, marcelluscoalition.org. They have some great white papers on there with citations. Things aren't being made up, as, as some folks who are, uh, don't agree with us, with us would say. But uh, I recommend going on there. You'll get the full overview of the permitting process, the impacts this will have um, if it should pass, along with a myriad of other issues. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for being uh, on the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause. I wish you both a, a, a happy Thanksgiving, and of course, your members and your families, and, and keep doing what you're doing. Together, we are going to achieve common sense and energy on behalf of the citizens of Pennsylvania and our country. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too, you guys. Too. Thanks. Appreciate Thank it. You. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Jadoc, only a couple of minutes remaining in the program because I wanted to try and give uh, you as much time as I could with Rob and John to get through a good educational uh, conversation. Let me come to you just for your closing thoughts. Yeah, Joe, I mean, first of all, it is Thanksgiving week, and we're so appreciative um, and thankful for what we have. And that goes for when we turn that oven on, um, the natural gas that helps us, uh, you know, to literally live, to make our food, to, 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 to be warm uh, in, in the winter, uh, you know, to, 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 it impacts so many parts of our lives. And so... Um, you know, I am uh, obviously thankful for those things and so much more, but uh, for our jobs, okay? And, and it's energy literacy is so important and common sense and energy. And I think that uh, Rob Baer made uh, incredible points. And so did John Bain in, in regards to um, House Bill 170. 
Okay, it threatens. Tell you right now, Jay Duck, I'm upset. I'm upset with the governor, and I hope that Rob's theory of getting to a point where it does resolve itself correctly, there's a method to the madness, is true. But I'm, I'm well, ticked, man. I'm ticked yeah. about it. Well, here's the thing, and and that like I, that doesn't count, Reggie. Um, but it, it is. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Reggie update. I'm 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 upset about the appeal. Well, I'm I'm I'm. I'm right with you there, Joe. And, and really, you know, it's one and the same. It's an attack on our natural gas industry without common sense, uh, like Rob said, without a backup plan, okay? Uh, without, uh, you know, the, the knowledge that our natural gas is the reason we've lowered emissions in this country, okay? It's the number one reason, okay? And we have an, an industry, an energy sector industry that wants to work together to, to be a part of the solution, okay? We're, right now, we have legislation on the table uh, really, with Reggie and with uh, the setback issue, House Bill 170, that threatens um, our entire natural gas industry and thus our way of life. Without a backup plan, number one, and without the you know the details and the realities that we're not ready for all renewables. Of course, we support renewables, but we cannot just shut a, a switch and think that we're going to just you know continue our way of life. Okay, not possible. And we want people to obviously listen to the facts, get engaged. Okay, learn about these issues that are going to impact your life in so many ways. And in the process, um, you know, make a difference for everybody. Um, because right now, we our decisions are made by individuals who uh, are, are and they're supporting uh, legislation that just doesn't make sense. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. On behalf of our special guests today, on behalf of all of our partners and all of our listeners and viewers, that weekly, religiously, tune in to the Labor and Energy Show. I'm Joe Krause. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.